This week on Developer Weekly. The bleeding edge is a terrible place to be as a working developer. It's a very inefficient place to learn technology. This episode is brought to you by me. If you like this show and you want to support it, please visit my courses on Pluralsight and buy my new book, 200 Things Developers Should Know, which is about programming, career, troubleshooting, dealing with managers, health, and much more. You can find my Pluralsight courses and the book over at www.developerweeklypodcast.com about. That is www.developerweeklypodcast.com slash about. Welcome to another episode of Developer Weekly. This week I'm talking with Dan Appleman about taking charge of your technology career. Dan is an entrepreneur, author and speaker on both technology and career topics. He is currently the CTO and co-founder of Full Circle Insights, a Silicon Valley marketing analytics company on the Salesforce platform. And he is a Salesforce MVP and the author of numerous books, including the best-selling book, Advanced Apex Programming. He also authors online courses on Pluralsight.com related to Salesforce platform, as well as other technology and career topics. Welcome, Dan. You really are a living legend, and it's an <laughs> honor to have you on the show. Hi, Barry. It's, it's, funny, it's funny you should use the word living legend. When I got into Salesforce, uh, I was at a conference, and uh, you know, people who knew me from the Visual Basic days would come up to me, and, and they was like, well, what are you doing with Salesforce? And there was this sort of <laughs> undercurrent, like, what, he's still alive? So <laughs> I don't know about the legend part, but living knock on wood, still, still with us. Yeah, you've been doing uh, all of this for quite a long time, and you've pivoted uh, a couple of times as well. Anybody who's been in technology as long as I have had better have pivoted uh, more than once because, you know, let's face it, the technologies I studied on and learned on and practiced for the first decade of my career are, are museum pieces now, literally museum pieces. I, <laughs> I can go to the, when I go to the local computer history museum in Mountain View, uh, it's a real trip because I walk through there and say, oh, I own that one. It's like, oh, I wish I owned that one. And and <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. So today I wanted to talk with you about career because I think that's a super valuable topic, way more valuable than learning about uh, the latest and greatest JavaScript framework. This is something that everybody can take uh, something away from uh, because you are also kind of an expert on career topics as you created a bunch of Pluralsight courses on it. Uh, a lot of them I actually liked a lot and got well, a lot thank from. You. <laughs> so first of all, why did you get into the career topic? Well, um, so there there were basically two reasons. One was I, I had just finished my finished my first Pluralsight course on Apex, and I was mm. thinking, wow, you know, wouldn't it be great to write create a course that would appeal to to everyone, to every developer? Um, you know, a course like that would do well, and and uh, and I think I know a few things about a career. So I proposed to uh, to Pluralsight, uh, let me do a career course, and their reaction was, well, we've never done anything like that before, and I <laughs> don't know if anybody yeah. would be interested in watching it. But uh, I had a lot of faith in it because you know, even 
when I would speak at conferences, I found that speaking truth about what it is to be a developer is all too rare. And if you do speak truth about what we're really experiencing as developers, that it resonates with people and it's important. So I did that. That was my first career in survival strategies for developers, now for technologists, because I broadened it. And, yeah. uh, and I've continued to do career courses ever since because uh, I think they are, you know, as you say, we tend to focus on the technology, but the career part is so important. Yeah, because technologies are transient. Like you said, you know, they, they come and they go away. So you need something broader to actually keep you alive within your career and your, your working life. And, and all of the career skills and soft skills, I call them multipliers because they take whatever technology skills you have and they multiply, they, they, they increase the effectiveness of those skills uh, and they last forever. They don't become obsolete. So uh, I think that thinking strategically about your career is important. And this is something that, these are all things that I wish someone had taught me because I did not know or do or think about any of this stuff um, for the longest time in my career. I, I would sort of careen from opportunity to opportunity and say, oh, time for a new job. What's out there? I didn't think strategically at all. And I really, you know, looking back, if only somebody had talked about these things, it would have been, yeah. uh, I think it would have been valuable. Yeah, it's definitely not a topic that's been taught in school or oh, any, no. any other formal uh, thing. <laughs> So that, that's lacking. But luckily, there's now resources out there, like your Pluralsight courses, for instance. I think um, when you talk about career, the first thing you should start thinking about is, well, how do you define success in a career? When is your career successful? When, when are you happy with what you're currently doing? So how do you define success? Uh, it's incredibly difficult. And yeah. you, know, you know, it's really easy to say, well, I'm successful because I'm making more money or because I got a title or a promotion or, or, or something like that. But, you know, how many of us really know what we want in life, right? I mean, yeah. we, we have opportunities and, and, and we follow them, but, you know, do we think about what is important to us? Do we think about, you know, things like work-life balance and, and what we're passionate about and, and all of these kinds of questions, and they're very individual. So it is important to take the time to think about those things, but that doesn't mean it's easy. It's not a case where you can go to someone and say, hey, you know, well, think about what success means to you. And you sort of draw a blank because that, that requires soul searching and it changes over time. You know, yeah. The things that I considered a success you know, 10 years ago are maybe different from what I consider successful today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have the same thing. When I was younger, I'm still pretty young, actually. But when, I, when I was younger, even, I found I thought that I would be very successful if I had a you know, nice car, a uh, nice house, and uh, a nice salary. But now, I don't care about that as much. I just want to be home for my family, for, for dinner, for my kids. That's how I define my success. And as a technologist... That is really, really hard because everything in our culture says, you know, if you're going to be a software developer in technology, you have to keep learning. You have to keep up. We, we have this, yeah. this intense pressure that 
any minute that you're not spending, you know, reading a tech book or studying or something like that is, is puts your career at risk. And it's all too easy to sacrifice friends and family and, and hobbies and other things to that pursuit. Oh yeah. I definitely did that when I was younger as well. I just learned and uh, worked in the evenings and the weekends, open source uh, thing there, a side hustle there, just to just to keep up, really. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. And actually, I got I got burned out like uh, five years ago. I had a burnout because of it, and How did because you of that, that, I had to. Well, first thing was to actually identify that it was a burnout. Mm-hmm. That was very difficult because I just uh, stopped being productive. I was tired all the time. Couldn't really get out of bed. Didn't really see a reason to get out of bed. Was sad. I just started crying out of nowhere. And then I just, uh, my wife also said, well, you're burned out. You're done. So I changed my life. That was basically what I did. As in, I changed how I worked. I stopped my current job. I was a freelancer. I stopped uh, working for for a company that was, uh, was not fitting my purpose because it was very frustrating to work there. I think that was a very big thing. And I had little control over what I did mm-hmm. and I worked very hard. So I stopped that and I started Pluralsight <laughs> and make Pluralsight courses. And, you know, it's, it's very brave of you to say these things because, you know, it's not something that uh, that most developers, you know, you know especially in, in a still to this day, a lot of technologists are men, right? And that's a hard thing in yeah. most cultures for men to talk about, um, you know, and one of the, the, I suppose, more selfish reasons that I would like to see more women mm. in technology, aside from all of the great reasons like opportunity and so on, is it might cause a little bit of a shift of that culture to, to have a greater appreciation for being human as a technology worker, right? And not yeah. just a, a coding robot. A lot of us are... so. This is something I noticed, and I noticed relatively early uh, when I was on the speaker circuit, and I'd go to all these conferences, and you know, you've been to conferences, you know that a lot of the talks are about the latest technology, the newest technology, what's coming next, right? And officially, everybody goes to these because we're so excited about the new technology, but I think... (laughs) yeah. I think the unspoken thing, and this is what I started speaking about in some of my sessions, was we're attending these things because we're terrified that we're falling behind, right? And we're going to miss something and it'll impact our job and and so yeah. on. And it's okay to speak to that, right? It's okay yeah. Yeah. to acknowledge that. And, and one of the messages that you'll see uh, in a number of my courses is that when it comes to learning technology, the bleeding edge, which is the newest technology, is the last place you want to be. Unless you are a speaker or a trainer or or someone who really makes their living talking about the very latest technology, you really want to wait, you know, six months or a year. Because if you wait, other people will get rid of the bugs. Other people will be writing blog posts. It's become so much easier to learn it. It's more stable. The bleeding edge is a terrible place to be as a working developer. It's a very inefficient place to learn technology. So unless it's a technology like right now Apex, where it is my job uh, to be right at the leading edge, for everything else, I wait a year. 
You know, I, yeah. I look at the technology, it's about a year old. It's it's just I waste less time dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me too. I just, uh, although some technologies I kind of have to get into as a Pluralsight author as well, and I like to get into, like Blazor, for instance, which is a new thing. But right. for production purposes, I stay away from it as well. And also right. just for peace of mind, because I don't want to deal with all that. It's. I went through when uh, Microsoft came out with uh, Olay and ActiveX, and they took all the... Yeah. The component models they had, they had a VBX component model for Visual Basic, and they created this whole new COM ActiveX thing. And it took a long time for it to come out. And the reason was that they kept changing it. I mean, we'd build something and they'd break it. We'd build something and they'd break it. It was a miserable, horrible, terrible experience for people who were trying to adopt this new technology. It was, you know, it was, I think that's where I really learned that how awfully stressful and difficult the bleeding edge is. Yeah, we, I think we've all been there. So, yeah, so we just were talking about uh, defining success and purpose, that's important. So my burnout, I took that time as well to reflect on what I actually found important, the things that I thought was important in life. And that wasn't uh, money and uh, learning in the evening and, and being the best developer. But uh, spending more time with my family was more important. So let's let's uh, switch it up a little bit. So there are lots of people that are wanting to start a technology career, or want to become a software developer, let's say. Where should they start? I get this question a lot. Like, should I go to JavaScript? Should I go to a bootcamp? Should I go to school? What should I learn? How should I learn it? What should I do? What are your thoughts on that? So um, I'll I'll give you a very brief summary. So one of the early career courses, one that in fact I, I just finished updating, and I think the update should be published within a couple of weeks, is called Learning Technology in the Information Age. And what I came to realize is that learning is a strategic decision, right? People say, where mm -hmm. should I start? Um, it is actually not a simple answer. You know, people say, oh, you should learn C, C++, or you should learn JavaScript. And mm -hmm. that's doing them a disservice because one really has to think about how do we learn technology and what are the different components of learning technology? How do you balance things like fundamentals versus, you know, which can be very long lasting with, uh, with general information and, and with skills as one of the things I note in the course is, you know, people, you know, the, the, the way I describe it is we sort of know the cliche knowledge is power, right? It's, it's right. an old cliche. We're in the, the information age and, and that's actually not true uh, because one of the consequences of the information revolution is that knowledge is cheap and information is cheap. I mean, we have so much access to knowledge and information, it's been devalued. So knowing something actually has very little value. The ability to do things with knowledge, skills are where there is still value. So. Uh, that's one aspect of, you know, it's not what you want to learn, it's what skills do you want to develop. And then when you think about how do you learn something, well, learning isn't just, I know JavaScript, learning is uh, this mix of fundamentals and information and skills and, and uh, uh, curation, which is, you know, how, what is the order? That's what the question you're being asked is, what is the order? What sh where should I start? 
that's a yeah. question of curation, which is all important. So the answer, the real answer to that person is you're about to invest a whole bunch of time learning technology. It's worth your while to spend a few hours to learn about learning technology, to think <laughs> about how you want to learn technology, to think about, to create a strategy. And, and that's what that course does. That course is all about, okay, take a moment. We're going to spend a couple of hours now and we're going to talk about learning itself and all the ways you can learn and how to set priorities and how to figure out how to figure out for yourself the order that makes sense. Um, and that's why I can't really answer the question now because the answer is, you know, watch that course, spend a couple of hours and learn how to learn strategically. Right. And then to create a, a strategy for yourself on what you're going to learn and how you're going to learn it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and more important, how to do it efficiently because, mm. you know, we're all busy. You want time to hang out with your family. So anything you can do to learn more efficiently is worth it. Right. And, and I, I'm a real believer in that. And, and I've gotten much better at practicing it myself and really thinking about, okay, I'm going to learn this technology. How am I going to go about it? What's my strategy? What's my plan? How far do I want to go? Because, yeah. you know, you don't have to become an expert. You cannot become an expert in everything. So one of the questions to ask yourself is how, you know, what is, what is the point where, okay, I've learned enough of this. Let me move on and learn something else. Right. And, and that's also the question of do you specialize in something or do you want to be a generalist more, right? When I was going to school, everyone told me, you should specialize, you should specialize. And I said, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'm going to be a generalist. And in the course of my career, I have at times had expertise in certain areas. Right. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, the technology changes or you change. You know, one of the re ways I got into Salesforce was, you know, I was, I was in .NET. I was an expert in .NET, right? Very, very familiar with, with at, at, a, at probably a deeper level than most people. Um, mm. And... I've, you know, you talk about personal crisis, and in my case, it was about the time that my father passed away, and I sort of had this, you know, what do I do with myself now, you know, and 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 the truth is that between that and I just wasn't having fun with .NET. It's like they're adding new features, and they didn't seem to be, you know, providing that much value for all the effort I was spending to keep up. And right. then I I bounced into the Salesforce world, and it was fun. And I know there are people out there who think Salesforce and think it's the most you know evil language in the world or whatever. <laughs> it it was it was an enormous amount of fun, and I was meeting people who were really enjoying being part of that ecosystem. It was a real a real sense of community, a lot like I I'd experienced in the early days of Visual Basic, a little us against the world kind of thing. Um, and uh, I just sort of said. This is this is fun, you know. I'm having yeah. fun in the Salesforce platform. I am having a blast in the Salesforce platform. Um, it pays well too, but yeah, <laughs> that's also important. Yeah, but but that's that's a very important aspect of anything that you dive into. It has to be fun for yourself because there's so much to choose from nowadays. The world of technology is just incredible. It was much much smaller. But now there's so much. If you look at uh, something like Microsoft Azure, for instance, 
that's not just one technology. No, that there, those are like 150 services that you can become an expert in. Right. So. And plus then becoming an expert in just managing them on Azure yeah. or AWS is a whole other thing. And, you know, this is one of the things going back to somebody asking, I want to get into a career in, in technology and technology is a hard career. And, you know, I didn't see that going into it originally because, you know, I saw that, Hey, it's a career. I love technology. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting. I, you know, I'm, I'm as much a geek as they come. But what I didn't realize until much later is that the hard part of being a technologist isn't learning the new stuff. It's the fact that all the old stuff keeps going obsolete. And most careers don't have that, you know. Like if a doctor doesn't keep up, it's not like the ways they treat people don't work anymore, right? Yeah. Um, you know, most careers, once you've gained the skill, the old stuff doesn't go away even as you're learning new things and but in technology it is so it's it's a hard career uh, it is it is one that you have to resign yourself to learning always and and that stress of keeping up so um so that's one aspect that you know people you know i don't necessarily discourage people from getting into tech but um i note this you know, this is yeah. what you're getting yourself yeah. into. Yeah, and it has to be in your nature a little bit as well. As in, you have to be a lifelong learner, maybe by yourself or you, or maybe you get into that. But if you're not, then you're going to have a very, very difficult time in technology. And But if you love technology, you want to learn it. So it's not that hard, yeah. heavy a lift. It's not that hard to do, right? Uh, but when people go into it just for the money, um, they discover I th in some cases that, it becomes very costly because you know you're working for work and then you're also on the side in the evenings and other times struggling to keep up and uh you know the money's costing you a lot so yeah yeah and and is the money actually that good because in your course the hidden secrets of technology careers you explain that people in technology careers start with a high salary but it typically plateaus quickly yes. so i've seen the same thing where graduates they have their job interviews at car dealerships and then they pick out their lease car right then and there. And later on, they get stuck in their jobs because then they plateau. Can you explain why that is? Why, why salaries plateau in technology quickly? Why do salaries plateau in technology quickly? You know, that's a tough one. Uh, but there is no doubt that, you know, for most companies, if you want to go past that, you know, to really continue to see salary increases, you end up having to go into management, and which is fine. Mm. You know, nothing wrong with management, uh, but uh, it is hard to, you know, unless a company has a real specific technology track. And you know, part of it is because, you know, when when you've been, you know, working for say, you know, ten years, well, the stuff you did five years ago is obsolete. So, you know, why shouldn't a company hire someone cheaper, yeah. right? Uh, you know, that knows the same things that you do, presumably, at least in the technology side. So, you know, there's a certain amount of that. There's a certain, you know, there's definitely age discrimination in, uh, in the technology field. But other companies recognize that there are advantages to hiring, you know, the older technologists because, you know, they're bringing other things to the table, especially those that, developed the leadership skills and the managerial skills and the soft skills. 
Yeah, because that those are the, the the skills that actually matter. You know, obviously the skill in the technology matters as well. But if you can't think around that, then it's of no use. Absolutely, absolutely. So you say one way of breaking through that salary plateau would be to uh, uh, become management, maybe a development manager or whatever, what have you. That's That seems very difficult and quite a leap, right? Because then you really step out of technology. It, it you know, it's funny because one of the things I really became to... Re- came to realize just in the past few years as I'm teaching about careers is that I actually am a rather unique character in terms of my career path because, (laughs) you know, I've held an awful lot of titles. I mean, you know, right now I'm a CTO and I've been an entrepreneur and a speaker and an author and manager and a VP of software development and all of these kinds of fancy titles. But most of the time when you meet someone who's been in working in a career as long as I have, they will respond exactly the way you did. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I miss developing software. I haven't built anything in a long time, right? They've, yeah. they've, they've turned completely to management. Uh, but in my career, the one constant, the one thing that I have been doing all the time without a break for four decades now almost is building production software and shipping software, right? Um, hmm. And and I say that because, you know, as someone who's in software development, you know, there's a big difference between somebody who's a hobbyist and someone who's shipping product because, yeah. you know, shipping product is, is uh, releasing things. That's a thing. And, um, you know, in fact, let's see, today, today is uh, uh, Sunday. Um, I think my last, I think last week, I'm working on I'm working on a branch that's not going to be out for a while. Last Monday, I put in a commit into our code base that will probably be in a release, not this week but next week, and it will go out to hundreds of customers, and they'll be using it. So, you know, I'm still shipping software, and I think that gives me a rather unique perspective um, of what it means to have a technology career. It's possible, but it's rare for someone to keep their head in the game, even while yeah, doing all the other yeah. crazy things. Yeah, and I think for you, obviously, that's possible because you work for yourself. You're an entrepreneur. Uh, but for people that work in a company, it might be more difficult. And that will heavily depend on your company culture. That is very, very, very true. And But it also brings up the other thing. When we talk about getting over that salary plateau, mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurship and... You know, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I couldn't go back now, um, and it's not for everyone, but it is accessible to everyone. I, I created a course called So You Want to Be an Entrepreneur, which basically is, okay, here's here's the deal. Here's how to do it. And I note that, you know, in the, uh, I think in the 1800s, if you look at the United States, 90% of the population were entrepreneurs. They were all small, small business owners. It was only with the industrial age that we got into the whole factory model and employees and so on. So entrepreneurs are nothing special. Anybody can do it, right? It, it really yeah. is one of those yeah. things. Yeah, you're not, not everyone's going to be a super billionaire or whatever. That takes luck and genius. But just, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You're a plural site author, right? Yeah, yeah. And I have uh, several businesses as well. So so you know so you know what I'm talking about. Most Most entrepreneurs are like, 
you and I, we're small business, small businesses, uh, yeah. you know, or, you know, founders or co-founders or, or whatever. And, you know, it is possible to bust the plateau. Um, you know, when I first took that first leap uh, by working really hard and doing some consulting, my first year as an entrepreneur, I made about the same amount of money as I did the year before that. The year after yeah. that, I doubled it. And the year after that, I doubled it again. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> Since then, there have been ups and downs. There was one year looking back that I probably should have applied for food stamps. I think that was, um, <laughs> I think that was during the dot-com bust during like 2002, 2003. Yeah. Uh, but that's the, the secret of entrepreneurship is people say, oh, that's so risky. That's so risky. And what they don't necessarily realize is a different kind of risk. Losing your job, you know, being an employee, if you lose your job, you've lost all your income. That's yeah, pretty high done. risk. Yeah. At the worst of the dot-com bust, my income didn't drop to zero. It dropped a lot, but it didn't drop to zero. So, yeah. Plus, I think also in the worst case scenario, you could also go and find a job. Sure. Yeah. It, you might not like you it. You can find the job. Yeah, you can find the job. You can, you know, you can write articles. Nowadays, you can Uber. Well, or... DoorDash, because I don't think Uber's. <laughs> this is the other challenge right now when we talk about someone getting new into technology is we always have to be very careful in terms of how we advise people based on our own experience. And certainly, you know, since I have, since, you know, my entry to technology was so long ago, the world has changed. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and one has to be, you know, careful with one's assumptions and really be thinking about what the world is like now for people and the challenges they're facing now. And right now, the challenge is particularly difficult because we are now in entering this new reality. We are experiencing everywhere on the planet a disruptive change. You know, people are working from home. This is a terrible time to be looking for work. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, it is, one has to be careful, right? You know, in terms of giving advice because one has to question all of one's assumptions. Yeah, definitely. And uh, especially we might not be um, uh, the most typical people to talk about this because we have very different careers than most developers that work for companies. Well, you know, I, I did my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. did I did my time. I, I, <laughs> I, I was a cubicle dweller for a lot of years. So, you know... Uh, I my I started my first company when I was like 31 or so. So the first more than 10 years of my career was, you know, small business, then a startup, but cubicle, you know, not a not a founder or anything like that, just yeah. an employee. So, um, you know, I remember that very, very well. And of course, now on the flip side, I've hired people, right? So right. I'm in the yeah. manager position and, and uh you know, I try to keep a real eye and sense of what their experience is. So as we come uh, to the end of our conversation, let's talk about one more thing. And that is, um, to me, a successful career is one that's also results in comfortable retirement. As in you're done and you have enough money to live when you're not working anymore. If you choose to not work, of course. So how do you go about that? You know, as an employee, you might put your money into a big bucket, a 401k or whatever that is in your country. 
Uh, in the Netherlands is similar. We also have a pension fund and usually the employer also pays a little bit into that and you pay in the, into that yourself. As an entrepreneur, you have to do it all yourself. What are things that you can do to make sure that you actually end up with a comfortable retirement? Well, you don't you don't end on the easy ones, do you? <laughs> no. uh, again, one has to be really, really careful because whenever somebody offers financial advice, they'll say, well, you know, the stock market has done this for the past X years and yeah, there's this yeah. rule and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, right now I look at the U.S. stock market and, you know, we are, we have massive unemployment. Businesses are shutting down every day. Every sign indicates that the economy is suffering and yet the stock market's hitting new highs. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I know it doesn't make sense to anyone else. And the way I know that is because when I look at the news feeds and the finance pages, you will find exactly on the same page one person who's saying, you know, here's why this is the best time to invest. And another person saying, get out of the market, get out of the market. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody knows. So, but I question the concept of retirement um, in, in, ah, in the sense yeah. because if you're having fun, if you're doing what you love doing and if you enjoy technology, why would you stop, yeah. right? I mean, really, especially nowadays when you can do stuff on the road, right? I mean, you can you can go drive cross country and in the evening in the hotel room, you can work on gigs or you can work on articles or, you know, uh, this is the this is the the golden age of the gig economy and technology as well. Why would you stop? I mean, if if you are in a career and you are looking and saying, "I wish it was over and I was done and I could retire," then I would say you're asking the wrong question. What can you do now to create for yourself that income stream that will be fun? that you will want to do, um, you know, and, and everyone will tell you that having purpose when, when you're retired, just retiring is a terrible thing. It's bad for your health. Having a purpose, yeah, having yeah. meaning, having, you know, something to keep your mind sharp. Uh, you know, I plan to do Pluralsight courses, you know, for as long as they let me because, you know, it's fun and I get to share my experience and knowledge and, and so on. And, you know, I'm probably will at some point stop shipping code not because I don't want to keep up, but because if you ship code, you're, you now are responsible for it and you have to maintain it. And, yeah. you know, that, that at a certain point, you don't want to have to do that. But articles, you don't have to maintain articles. You don't have to maintain, you know, blog posts, white papers, um, books, you know, you can always write a book. Anybody can yeah. do this stuff. Yeah. So, but in terms of the financial stuff, the other thing is, Take the time, learn personal finance, right? Just learn it. Yeah, you're dive all, into it. You're all technologists. You can understand basic finance. You can understand this stuff. You know, it's not rocket science. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's definitely no uh, magic bullet or uh, investment strategy. There's no such thing. But I think the best advice here that, that you gave is, why would you stop if you like what you're doing? And if you don't like what you're doing, change it. The best investment you can ever make is investing in yourself, whether it's your skills or your knowledge or figuring out what it is that you love doing or your health. Uh, 
you know, even when I was still, you know, a, a, a starving student or having f tough financial times, if I wanted to learn something, I'd just go buy a book on it and I would never begrudge the money. I would never think twice because, you know, anything that you're investing in yourself, that's what pays off. Yeah, that is amazing. And a great way to start doing that is to visit your Pluralsight courses and start learning. Please do. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for this uh, enlightening conversation. I will link to all of your Pluralsight courses in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited about this. And, and I'm glad that you have found this project to work on as well. And I, I'm sure it's going to be very successful. Yeah, I love doing it because it, uh, it helps people. Yep. And that's sort of one of the most fun parts of this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for another episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Developer Weekly.